0: To build and sustain a career in the creative industries is a privilege and can be incredibly rewarding. But today's context does require creatives to be agile, responsive, and creative not only in their specific subject, but in how they map out their career, business, or creative endeavors. To help practitioners meet this challenge, there are a range of organizations with dedicated coaches and mentors that have made it their life's goal to support others. One such organization is the Crafts Council, and I'm really excited today to speak to their head of craft business skills, Caroline Jackman. She is an artist with over 20 years experience working in galleries, local authorities, and national art charities, where she has focused her career on supporting other practitioners review the commercial sustainability of their creative businesses, enabling them to grow in confidence, and has instigated quality public interventions through experiential engagement, exhibitions, and events. So with much excitement, I would like to say welcome, Caroline. Thank you so much, Sophie. Thank you for having me today. So Caroline, to start, could you tell us a little more about yourself, what you do both as an artist... And then
1: for the grass council, yes, as you described, I've uh, been an artist for a very long time. It primarily kicked off with working to commission. I love animals. Always wanted to be a vet. Was really not good at science, so <laughs> didn't succeed in that remit. But my whole degree show was around veterinary practice in a kind of like contextualized way and from that I always pursued using the narrative of animals in my work and I've continued to work to commission still do today even though I work full-time and I also have a printmaking practice because I love everything to do with print yeah and uh, I suppose in addition to that I really love working with people and have always taught always delivered workshops through my Life as a freelancer, when I was just starting out uh, to where I am now and regularly teach, regularly offer mentoring, uh, in addition to trying to juggle other things. And what I am going to also add, though, I'm also a shepherdess and run a little farm. So I um, (laughs) am continuing that whole influence of working with animals uh, throughout everything that I do. And I work full time for the Cross Council. And love it because this whole job is about supporting people which I just love and as head of craft business skills I have that great opportunity to look at the sort of whole strategy of what do artists and makers need in their careers whether they're just starting out not even thought about it as well as those really well established and Really also getting to the nitty gritty of being able to support them directly through training or mentoring. So it's really broad and it's brilliant and I love it. What drove you to
0: not only focus on art, but also on supporting others?
1: I am quite nosy. And that's just because I love to know about people's lives. And the the other thing that I really love to do is problem solve. I'm a, I'm a natural at it. And it's, it's quite hard for me not to try and come up with solutions, uh, even if people don't want them. Um, so I think it's always been natural to me to uh, want to work with people and help them achieve what they want to achieve. And through that, being somebody that's quite organised in themselves, uh, i Very adept at organizing events or programs and things like that. So, those particular natural skills I've managed to utilize in my actual professional career.
0: Founded in 1972, the Crafts Council is the national charity for craft. The organisation is most known for its organisation of Collect, the publication of Crafts Magazine, and the running of a range of events and opportunities for makers. Could you tell us a bit more about these different kinds of opportunities?
1: I'll start with Collect. It's our international fair for contemporary art and uh, design. We had Five years at the v 10 years at the Saatchi Gallery, and now we're in our third year at Somerset House, with one of those being virtual online. And it's a great platform for international galleries to come and celebrate the best of what craft can offer. And what we've really seen is a transformation of craft in the field of fine art, where we're seeing fine art galleries come to our fair and really celebrate the breadth of materiality and art objects. And as you mentioned, Crafts Magazine, and people I'm sure will be very familiar with this. It's been around for a very long time. And it's had some recent transitions. In 2020 was the launch of our, I suppose, rebrand of Crafts under the helm of Malaika Bing, the, the then editor. And it's recently gone through another shift and uh, Debika Ray is the now editor and we are now looking at it as a sort of something that you really nurture, a bit of a coffee table publication printed twice a year. And how to get hold of it is through membership scheme now where you sign up to bronze, silver or gold depending on which strand that you're interested in. And it gives us an opportunity to use I suppose the the way in which people absorb and take on information is much more in a digital space, much more everyday, current and and, and up to date. So we can deliver a lot of content online through the membership, as well as have this wonderful publication, which our first reiteration of that is still out for, for purchase, which is great. And... You also said opportunities for makers. So, we have our online directory. We currently have over 900 members on this, and we promote that to the wider sphere. Most people that access that are actually interior designers, galleries, people looking to commission, people looking to talk about craft makers. It is a selective platform, which is great. So people feel like they've got to a certain level in their practice when they're a part of it, when they're just starting out. And it's great to be associated with something that's a national uh, platform for promoting craft. And in addition to that, a lot of the work that I do is through training offers, webinars, business boosters, uh, lots of business resources. And then in addition, there is... A lot of social content that comes out of our communications team, where they look at makers across the UK and promote them in our bigger campaigns, whether it's looking at the sort of environmental lens of what's going on today. We also have young craft citizens, so really supporting the growth and leadership within people that are uh, younger and trying to sort of find the foothold of where they belong in the craft sector. And behind the scenes, we work really closely with our head of research and policy and our education team to sort of really delve deeper into the craft sector, what it means in the wider UK economy and makers in general. So we can always make sure there is a career pathway for people that want to make it a career or are interested in supporting people making it a career.
0: That's amazing. It's such a broad range of activities and approaches to reach the community. It's really exciting, actually. You mentioned you work as an expert and mentor as part of the Craft Business Booster Scheme. Could you tell us a little bit more about this scheme and what it aims to provide craft businesses or craft practitioners?
1: Absolutely. I have been running these for quite a few years now. And it was born out of our annual Make-A-Need survey, really identified that people are looking for tailored one-to-one advice. And so we we kicked these off in 2018. And they have now sort of developed into a regular offer every month with three members of our team. I primarily do them. And it's a, a sort of safe, confidential space to help make a really identify the challenges that are facing them in their own practice and helping them navigate the sector better to have the best outcomes of where they can take their practice next. So it's really tailored. And we we use coaching techniques to deliver these sessions so that we draw out of people what they really need. Sometimes people write to me and they say, I would like to discuss this, and in our conversations, actually, we find it's something quite different that is blocking them. And I really enjoy doing the the booster sessions. I really see people transform before my eyes, and that is so empowering to me, let alone to them. So it, it's it's great to be able to do that. And as I said earlier, they, this is one of the the joys of the the role that I have, that I can look at bigger strategies and bigger programs and work with sector support organizations whilst being on the ground and helping people one-to-one so it's really powerful in the
0: sector caroline do you feel that you would like to see even more mentorship happen or do you think that's already something that's quite embedded do you have any thoughts on that
1: i would like to See that there is something a little bit more coordinated because there are really, really good people out there that can offer advice at appropriate stages for people. And there are a lot of people really struggling. And I think uh, that the tentativeness on both sides is the mentors don't know where to promote and the mentees don't know where to find. And there are organizations out there that are promoting these these platforms but some of them might be a little bit unaffordable so they they do some individuals rely on funded mentoring programs and I would just like to sort of find a way where we could definitely sort of coordinate people up I also strongly believe in training mentors in coaching techniques in particular because you are You have much better results if you can coach people into their own mindsets rather than offering them advice and telling people what to do. It's not about that. Some cases, when you're really just starting out and you know nothing, advice is needed. But a lot of the time, it is down to coaching. And and that is something that um, I think would really empower the, the whole sector. There is a current TV series going on at the moment called Making It At Market. I don't know if you've seen that. It's um, it's great because it's definitely a formula of a TV show, but I think it shows the power of a mentor at whatever stage they are. And we've got Alistair Malcolm, who's a glass artist, and he's got such a wealth of experience, extraordinary experience, really helping people. But then you've you've also got those that haven't been in, in the business as long and they're also helping people. So it's, it's really good to show the, the, the power of mentoring in that kind of TV sphere and thinking about developing hands-on opportunities for kids, families, young people, where it's so missing in formal education and again with their making a market tv show i i think what was really lovely about this particular show was showing how craft can improve people's lives whether they are um have a particular disability that affects their day-to-day life or they are recovering from a trauma and i i know that um creativity has especially sort of visual arts and making is something people say is really good for your health and well-being but it's nice to see that demonstrated through a tv show Mm -hmm. and there is so much that craft can do can offer i think my big question and maybe for your audience would be interested in is how to demonstrate the real power of craft to the statistics and data that the government need to make some real investment in the sector. At the moment, our sector, the craft sector, does not have an impact on the bigger UK economy, but we know it does. It's just finding the right evidence to demonstrate that. And my question back to people is what would that evidence look like and how can we gather it? And I think it's, it's, it's something, an important piece of work that I'm quite passionate about because we're not going to change the mindset of government investment unless we've got the evidence to prove that it's worth investing in.
0: Wow, that's a powerful message to to take away as well. Yeah, absolutely. A significant portion of jewelers listening are either working for a business, running a business, or potentially have set up what is called a portfolio career to support themselves. The latter term is very common across the entire craft sector. But for anyone who doesn't quite know what that is, what is a portfolio career and what does it take, you think, to
1: manage this type of career successfully? Portfolio career for me, I see it as a variance of income streams and connectivity, as well as developing your knowledge. And and I suppose that the, the best way to sort of uh, describe this is to demonstrate it through the lens of somebody else. That particular individual saw that they wanted to develop their coaching career and they did two days a week for the Crafts Council as a regular income whilst they were developing their ceramics. This kind of made them develop their knowledge of the sector, build their networks without having to take too much risk financially and whilst being associated with an organization that is in their area of interest, they could develop their own skills and creative skills. So it, it's that's what I kind of refer to as a portfolio career. And, and I think for many, working as an artist or a, a maker is very isolated. And there is a social need there to think, I need peer support. I need a community around me. How can I gain that? I don't want to be in my studio every day doing this job. So how can I build that in? Many people find that through offering teaching or they might find it through a part-time job or they might find it going to be connected with a a social enterprise or a studio, a collective studio. Another um, area of interest could be through research. They're particularly interested in materials or the the sort of whole history or heritage of their particular area of interest. And therefore they might embed themselves into more of an educational setting so that their work is more research-based and grant-based, but whilst also doing the exhibitions or other things. So portfolio is a blend of different things that really enhances a professional career rather than, I suppose, a a shopping basket (laughs) of different things. I think it's a really good portfolio career is is sort of like a, a very much a rounded offer that all interlinks to support one person's career going forward.
0: Do you think there are any skills, Caroline, that we should really nurture when you're managing a portfolio career? Or does that really differ depending on what it is?
1: It, it can differ, but I don't think it's particular skills. I think it's awareness more than anything. Uh, we're very critical of ourselves. I think that's might be the nature of creatives because you always want to develop your creativity and therefore you're critical of your creativity. But building a a sort of network, whether it's peer support, a critical friend or an expert, will help you reflect back and look at where you have been, where you are now where you're going to in the wider context of where you are in your life and the wider context of the bigger economy. I think so much pressure is put on people by looking through the lens of how we engage with things now, mostly through social media. People think that they should, I'm gonna use that word, I, I don't like the word should. When I hear it, I try and encourage people to think of a different word, but I often hear it when people say to me, I should be doing it this way. And I would say, but where are you in this picture? Where are you on your journey? And I think that's important to be able to reflect on yourself and the bigger picture and and a a peer support or an expert support can help you do that. That would be the skill that I would say you need, need in this.
0: So sort of also identifying what does success mean to you?
1: Absolutely. Yeah.
0: Now, financing a creative business can be a real puzzle and a challenge, which is why portfolio careers are also quite popular. Uh, Particularly when running your own business, it can also be a challenge. What are your top tips to sort of plan the financing of of your own business and what resources or support would you suggest to anyone starting out or struggling with this uh, challenging task?
1: I would first and foremost say is look at where you are now and the place you are on your journey. Again, you're referring to when people are just starting out and they often look at somebody else that they want to be like and potentially forgetting that person has been on their own journey and you wouldn't have been presented with the struggles that they faced. So definitely looking at the lens of yourself wherever possible to find a financial cushion and not be reliant on on other people and definitely to plan. I'm a big planner, but sometimes with plans, people don't implement. So how can you be accountable? And I talk about that in manageable chunks. And when I'm meeting somebody who is very early at their career level, I ask them to think about their vision for the future and thinking about the steps that you might need to take to get there and breaking that down even further into kind of process goals to help you get to each step and put it into manageable chunks, which I say is sort of like a three month deadline with monthly tasks rather than, I must get this done today, I must get this done this week. It's sort of being quite realistic, because often people are starting out when they've got another job that they're adhering to. And things often take a lot longer than those expectations. So it's trying to sort of look at where you are now, and wherever possible can you save. It's always that future planning that is so important of your finances because the route to a successful business is having a good cash flow and f- establishing that cash flow depending on what you're offering we often think okay what can give you the regular income what can raise your profile and what can give you those boosts of income and that's you know a, a classic formula of that would be your cash cow object it could be that's done through teaching or an item that you can produce pretty regularly or a part-time job and then something that raises your profile it could be a hero piece that gets you really noticed really challenge your skills your conceptual design really is something that you might get in the media might never sell but it's going to get you noticed and then those other things that are going to sort of do the wins occasionally, but gives you a chunk of cash. And those that's the sort of formula that I recommend people follow in a very realistic sense. People go into creativity because they love to make. It does wonders for their health and well-being. If you want to earn money from what you do, compromises do need to be made, and that is the biggest one is do not ignore the business because otherwise you're setting yourself up to fail so it's it's something really to consider and factor in and people have made amazingly successful businesses out of their passion but they went in it with their eyes open so it's it's definitely being mindful of that
0: The Crafts Council also organises Collect but you also promote makers through the magazine and on your social media pages. How important do you think it is for jewellery designers to present their work and how would you go about considering where to present?
1: I think it's really important for jewellery designers to present their work. I attended the ACJ touring exhibition last night And it was so great to see contemporary arts jewellery under one roof to that level. It's very rare. And I think for people to be able to earn a living of contemporary art jewellery practices, a better awareness needs to be out there of the value of it. And in particular, when we're looking through the lens of collect, Collect is an international platform. We have fabulous galleries like Gallery Marseille that show brilliant work by contemporary jewellers and it it really elevates them as art objects and it shows the scope of materials, the scope of quality of making and that anything can be applied to jewellery because it's so sculptural. And I think we want to change that perception of jewellery of what it can be. It's very much in the everyday mind as something associated with precious metal or with diamonds or something that's an heirloom. But as contemporary objects to collect, as art objects, people are less aware and unless they, they are privy to international affairs like collect, or come across the craft magazine that promote it or through our social channels. So I think the more that jewellers do to promote themselves and their capability, back to what I was saying earlier about that hero piece, don't be afraid about that. Don't be afraid to put yourself out there because if we all do it together collectively, then jewellery is really gonna have a moment. I feel like it hasn't quite happened yet. It's great that we've got all that glitters as a tv show to put spotlight and jewellery but it's totally unrealistic because it's under such a time pressured uh scenario and very much focuses on fine precious metal and it was great to see tanya gomez there and and sort of she's much more a conceptual in her approach but it was a particular formula so how can we raise the awareness of contemporary jewellery it, it definitely put it out there through social channels, tag in the people that you know are already talking about it, journalists, editors, say through Craft Magazine, wider field, and then it will work. It will definitely work and people will start to get noticed.
0: Social media and the pandemic increased the opportunities for those creating craft to showcase their skills and, and products How important do you think it is to have, for example, an online shop to engage online? How do you manage also all these time-consuming activities in addition to still making as well your own work? I
1: think it is important when you're just starting out. Once you're established and you might have a gallery that regularly supports you, less important, you know, but also... Being really realistic back to what I said earlier about the the length of where you are on your journey if you have a part-time job if you set yourself the task of doing all of this social work what what is left what <laughs> time is left it's really challenging so I think I definitely recommend try not to compare your approach with others however on a little bit of a caveat of that, look to what is best practice. And best practice for me is consistency, really good images, and tagging and using those you know key hashtags and tagging people in so you build up your following. And yes, it is about posting regularly, but it doesn't have to be too complicated. Planning ahead where you can schedule and curate your feed will really help you you don't have to write essays it's it's just about consistently good images
0: finally because I know that you are working on some other projects as well I wanted to ask you what's in store for you both artistically but also at the crafts council is there anything you and the team are working on that you're willing to share and anything that we could look forward to
1: sure I I Yeah, I'm working on my own print practice at the moment. I haven't been working on my artistic practice for a while because it was a very busy year. And and I'm really enjoying just drawing at the moment and no pressure at all there. And then eventually I might start putting things into print, but there's absolutely no pressure. And enjoying that. I recommend to other people, just enjoy as well. For the Crafts Council, we've got a few things actually in the pipeline within the team that I I work with. I'm currently working really closely with the Department for International Trade, and we're putting together a new resource built on the, the back of our international toolkit. We're doing a resource on temporary exporting to help people navigate that system even better. And I think this is definitely for people that are interested in trade fairs or interested in touring exhibitions. So jewelers might be interested in that in particular. And a second thing we're doing is roundtable conversations with people that are established in their businesses. And this is looking at environmental and financial sustainability. And we're going to have a report in March to identify what are the gaps, what's already happening, what are people concerned about, what are the solutions already found so that we can plan what we do next. And in the kind of immediate future, I'm on a trade mission to Maison A. Uh, to go and Im- hopefully improve EU-UK trade, doing uh, an event at Maison itself, meeting with the organizers there, but also UK companies coming over to have a look at the trade fair and also going to the the Paris embassy to sort of having a a networking event. So that's that's really exciting. And the other thing I'm working on in, in the immediate future is Collect Open. So this is something that is the platform at the Collect Fair that individuals can demonstrate the real scope of their work, the real scope of their practice, and really push their boundaries. We've got 13 makers, I think that's 30, that have really exciting projects with different materials, different mediums, and my role is to support them through this process to make sure that they make the most of it and see it as a stepping stone to the next step in their career. So it's all go, all exciting.
0: Having only recently myself been supported by the Crafts Council through the opportunity to take on the role of Crafts Council Research Fellow, I have experienced the benefits of the mentoring, support and being part of the network the organisation provides. A well-planned discussion about your work or practice and career can provide you with the confidence to tackle a problem or lead to new insights. And to know you are not alone in facing the challenges of today is so very reassuring. So for her work to support others through mentoring and much more, and for speaking to me today, I would like to thank you so much, Caroline. We are super grateful for everything you do and the opportunities and thinking that you
1: perform. Thank you, Sophie. Thank you for having me.
0: Next month, I'll be joined by another guest, so watch this space to find out who it is. But for now, this was Sophie Boons for the BHA podcast episode titled Crafting Careers with Caroline Jackman. Thank you for listening and have a wonderful day.